0: Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, al Amma bar. Alhamdulillah, today is the 29th of October in the year 2023. Alhamdulillah, we moved on to the 12th session that we're going through the commentary of the blessed surah Al-Mu'minun. And I've reached verse 50, so inshallah today going through up to including verse 51. So, verse 50. And we made the son of Maryam والسلام, and his mother as a sign. We gave them both shelter on high ground, affording rest and security, and furnished with springs. So here, there's a few words that need to be understood. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he mentions that both Isa and his noble mother, alayhi salatu salam, they went to a place and then he mentions Rabwa, dhati qaraar, ma'id. So with regards to Rabwa, the hadith is in Addur Al-Mantur, Ibn Jarir and Ibn Katir's Tafsir. Abdullah ibn Abbas and many others, they recited this portion. Where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, We gave them shelter on Rabwa. Rabwa is a raised portion of land, which is the best place for vegetation to grow. So, I'm going to explain where they're going in a bit, inshallah. But Allah said, they went to a raised portion of land, where vegetation the best place for vegetation to grow in another report it mentions in ibn jarir ibn kathir's tafsir abdullah ibn abbas they said karar refers to a fertile place and ma'in means water running on the surface so if you combine everything what was been mentioned by the Salaf, They went to a high portion, a raised portion of land, the best place where vegetation grows, a fertile place, and water is running on the surface. So here, this is the translation. We gave them shelter on high fertile ground, and security with furnished springs. So now, where are these noble... Mother and son heading towards. So it mentions. So this is recorded in Ibn Abi Hatim, Imam Kurt, uh, Ibn Jarir and Ibn Katir's Tafsir. Sa'eed ibn al musayyib rahmatullah he recited the verse, he said, it is Damascus. So Allah tala mentions the description of the land, but he doesn't mention the location. Saeed ibn al-Musayyim said, it is Damascus. In another report, in Qurtubi and Ibn Kathir's tafsir, similar was said by Abdullah ibn salam Hassan al-Basri and many others from the Salaf. Ibn Abi Hatif, he also mentions that this verse refers to the rivers of Damascus. So Damascus is obviously the capital of Syria, modern Syria. It's also the most ancient city that has been populated. Because you go back millennia and people have been in Damascus. The Prophet he said in Abu Dawood Sahih Hadith, Damascus is one of the best cities of Sham. Damascus is one of the most blessed cities of Sham. And it's of course, in Sham, Sham is blessed, the angels of the Most Merciful have spread their wings over Sham, the Prophet said, in Tirmidhi sahih So, it's actually an epicenter of blessings. So, it's mentioned indirectly here in the Qur'an as well. Also, Mujahid ﷺ said, We gave them refuge on a Rabba. This refers to Isa and Maryam والسلام, when they saw refuge in Damascus and the flood lands around it. So, the first view clearly is that the location is Damascus. There's a second view. In Ibn Kathir's tafsir, they recited this verse and they said it refers to Jerusalem, i.e., in Palestine. Ibn Kathir added, this Jerusalem and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best is the most apparent meaning because it is mentioned in other verses and parts of the Quran explain other parts. So it is more appropriate to interpret it by other verses than the Sayyid hadith than other reports. So Ibn Kathir favored Jerusalem and he said because it seems to be mentioned in another place of the Quran and he's referring to Surah Maryam, Surah 19, verse 22 onwards. Yeah. So he goes, it seems to be in reference to their high Jerusalem or thereabouts, i.e., Bethlehem. So, ad and Qatada said it is Jerusalem, i.e., the location. So, this is a, a second view. Also, in Marif of Quran, volume 6, page 406 of the. Sorry, not 406. Volume 6, page 318 of the English translation. So, Mufti Shafi, he says, According to Bayan Al-Quran, this verse refers to the event that a tyrant was resolute to kill Isa and his mother right from his childhood. They escaped from him. And with the grace of Allah, they found a place on a height where they enjoyed a peaceful life until Isa salatu wasalam, attained maturity and was entrusted with prophethood. So here, and this is in the commentary from khulasa khula- al tafsir Marif al-Quran. So, this mentions the context. They were after him. They wanted to kill him. Either authorities. So Allah told them to leave that land. And he mentions they went to a high ground. So now, why is that interesting? If that is the case, Their leaving is nothing to do with the birth of Christ. So what did Ibn Kathir say? Ibn Kathir said this this verse refers to Jerusalem. So the response is, if it is in reference to that or their that's talking about the birth. Maryam went with the the child in her blessed womb. But here it refers to that they were going to try and kill them. He was already born. And they both went to another place, to save their lives. And then they, uh, he was given prophethood at the relevant time, the message, so this is also mentioned here. Also, Sheikh Maududi, he mentions, and he goes, the wording, so this is again his commentary on this verse, the wording, we made the son of Maryam and his mother a sign, is very significant, because it means, that neither the son of Maryam nor his mother was a separate sign, but both of them together were a sign. This verse is a clear proof that a son was born to Maryam, alayhi salatu salam, without cohabitation with a man and that Isa has no father. Alayhi salatu this is also mentioned identically by Imam Suyuti in Tafsir Jalalain, volume two, page 993. So if you look at the verse, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says we made the son of Maryam and his mother a sign Allah did not say we made Maryam a sign and we made Isa a sign he mentioned them both as a sign why indicating he was miraculously born so this is again explaining this the wording in other words why is Allah ta'ala mentioned them both as a sign because both of them were miraculous she got pregnant miraculously And he was born miraculously, but they are both a sign, and Allah is highlighting this. And also, in Surah three, verse forty-six, Allah mentions there in Surah Ali Imran, Surah three, verse forty-six. He shall speak to the people in his from the cradle and in maturity. So in Ibn Jarir and Abdur Al mantur Ibn Zayd, he recited this verse, Surah Three, Verse Forty Six. He explained, "Isa of course, already spoke to people from the cradle, meaning in infancy. And when he will kill the jal, he will again speak to people at the time he will be a mature. Of, he will be of a mature age. So Allah, Allah is highlighting something else now. Why does he say?" That he shall speak to the people in the cradle and in maturity. Everybody speaks in maturity. (laughs) So Allah is highlighting something. His speaking in maturity is something very significant. It means that it's miraculous. Just like his birth was miraculous. So why? Because he's speaking. And how old will he be? Over 2000 years. (laughs) So Allah is mentioning both his miraculous birth indirectly and also his second coming as well mentioned. So this is also with regards to this verse. Are there any other locations mentioned? So there's a report in Tabli in his Tariq, 1-6-5 and Ta'labi in his Qisas al 216. At the time, Julius Caesar, the, the emperor of Rome was in power and Herod was the king of the Jews. So, who was the emperor? Julius Caesar, very famous emperor. And Herod, he was basically in charge of the Jews. When Herod heard about Isa, he was determined to kill him. But according to Tabri, Allah the Almighty commanded the angel to tell Joseph or Yusuf the carpenter, (coughs) who was with Maryam in the masjid of Herod's intentions. And commanded Yusuf والسلام, uh, sorry, الله, to flee with the child and his mother. So here it mentions another personality called Yusuf the carpenter. So this was according to the reports. He married Maryam later. And Maryam was in the Masjid Al-Aqsa. Allah Talal revealed that they need to leave. And he took them and he fled with the respected mother. And the child. So this indicates what nothing to do with the birth, mm. is to do with fleeing for their lives because of the uh, the woody of the Roman Empire. Also, it is possible that Maryam and Isa alayhi salatu waslam fled with Yusuf radhiyallahu Allah from Bethlehem to another location in Palestine near either Jerusalem or Ramla. Or they fled to Damascus or to Egypt, so it mentions that Jerusalem is mentioned, another place nearby in Palestine, Ramla, is mentioned, Damascus, which I've mentioned, and also Egypt. So now there's a point here. So it mentions, and that and the reference for that the views are uh, in his tafsir, Tabari in his tariq, Ibn Kathir in his tafsir. Uh, Ibn Kathir could be attribute the choice of Ramla to Abu Hurairah, and all the references are given. Imam Sayyuti, so now Egypt, the only thing mentioned now is Egypt. You know, what's this about Egypt? So Imam Sayyuti, he reproduces a report in his Ithaf 2-166 on the authority of Ali, about a man who questions Rasulullah about Mount Qasyun outside Damascus so somebody asked the Prophet about a particular mountain Qasiyun which is just uh, bordering Damascus Rasulullah responded on it Isa ibn Maryam and his mother were given refuge Imam Sayyuti added whoever goes there must not shorten his salah and his dua because it is the place where du'as are answered. And whoever wishes to visit, and then he recited this verse, Surah 23, verse 50, Let him go to the highest peak between the two rivers, and climb up to the cave upon Mount Qasiyun and pray there, as it is the dwelling of Isa and his mother when they sought refuge from the Jews. So here there's a direct report, Imam Suyuti located a report directly from the Prophet. And it mentions that they went to Damascus and they went to a high point on Mount Qasiyun and in the cave. And he said something very interesting, Imam Su'yuti. is if you do go there, don't show on the prayer. So don't forget he was a Shafi'i, Imam so maybe there's the ruling with regards to the Shafis. And he goes, make long doaz. He goes, This is the place Allah Ta'ala has referred him to a high fertile place. Where there was water flowing. the 23 verse 50. And he says, This is where the blessed mother and son resided. Egypt. So, Huta. There's another place called Huta which is worth mentioning. In Al-Buldan 2-166. It mentions, The area which includes Damascus, Huta. 18 miles around Damascus with high mountains on all sides. And in the northern part of it, its mountains are very high. And the area contains various rivers, those producing forests and vegetation. It is one of the most beautiful places for scenery. So it's a very Damascus, obviously. Now it's war-torn, but it's one of the most beautiful places. And it was the capital of the Umayyad kingship. As the we took it as its capital, The Ilnam. So, and also obviously, it's got so much history, 7,000 years of history, Roman rule, and even to this day, there's so much beauty there. But this is the place where Christ went, <laughs> alayhi salatu wasalam. The third possibility is that Maryam, Isa, alayhi salatu wasalam, and Yusuf, anhu, fled from Herod to Egypt. And this primarily rests upon Christian traditions. So now, to be fair, it's not just Christian traditions. So there's a report in Tabari in his Tariq one five nine seven half is Ibn al Attir in his Tariq one three one three half is Badawi in his Batul eighty four Taalibi in his Kesas two one seven. It mentions, and this is from Wahb Ibn Munabbih, Ayyatabiin, who had, uh, was a rabbi who embraced Islam. He said. This event took place in Egypt when Isa a.s. was six or seven years old. So he's mentioning a report. So they're in Egypt. He clearly says that. So that shows that now the proof is that in Egypt, not Damascus. And he was six or seven. What happened? He quotes. Whilst they were in Egypt, there was a good man, a dignitary who provided for and gave to the poor. So, whilst the blessed mother and son were in Egypt, there was a righteous man, and he would look after the destitute. During one night, when Maryam and Isa, salam were his guests, along with others, in his dwelling, the righteous man's money was stolen. So, how sad! He was looking after the destitute, and somebody stole his his you know his money. This weighed heavily on Maryam, radhiyallahu as she respected and admired this generous man. Seeing that his mother was grieved. Isa who was six or seven. والسلام, sought from her the reason for her grief. And she informed him. Thus. He والسلام, requested the names of all the destitute. Who were staying there that night. So he got the names of everybody who stayed there that night. Number two. He then asked his mother, to petition the good man to gather them again. And this she did. So Maryam asked respectfully the man, all of those who came the night that your money was stolen, invite them again. When they entered, Isa a.s. observed them, and found amongst them a blind man, seated with an invalid upon his shoulders. So one of the destitutes, he was blind, and there was a man who was sitting on his shoulders. So what does that mean? It means the one who was sitting on his shoulders was his guide. He was crippled. He couldn't walk. And so he used the legs of the blind man. And the blind man used his sight. Isa salam told the blind man to stand up with the invalid. The blind man complained. He goes, I can't stand up. Isa said, then how were you able to do it the other night when you came? Then the blind man, he denied the whole matter. He goes, you know, our accusations leveled against me. But the others rebuked him until they forced him to stand with the invalid still upon his shoulders. When he did, the safety box of the righteous man was discovered next to the hand of the invalid. And he being upon the blind man's shoulders. Isa then went to the righteous man and said, Those did these two plot to acquire your wealth yesterday and they managed to get it. The blind man helped with his strength and the invalid with his eyesight. Upon this, the blind man uttered the truth and returned the money to the righteous. The righteous man in gratitude then offered half of the money to Mariam as a gift she responded I was not created for this and he said then give it to your son she said his matter is even greater than mine <laughs> so this is the report so what is it mentioned apart from the lesson they were in Egypt so now can you reconcile was it Jerusalem, was it Ramla, was it Damascus, was it Ghuda, was it uh, Egypt you can't reconcile in terms of uh, Damascus and Egypt, because maybe they were traveling, <laughs> right? So they spent most of the time in Damascus, but did they traveled to Egypt on the way or on the way back. Allah Taala knows best. But Allah Taala does not give a location. <laughs> All He says in verse 50 of Surah Muminun, "We gave them both shelter on a high fertile ground of security, furnished with springs." That's the only only thing He mentions with the location. So again, we need to respect what the scholars have mentioned And A note, Khalat Allah has mentioned the hijrah of Isa salatu wasalam, with his mother as well, So moving to the next verse, verse 51. All messengers alayhi salatu wasalam enjoy all the tayyib. I consume all the tayyib. And do righteous deeds. For I am well acquainted with all that you do. So now there's a hadith. The hadith is in Hakim. And Shaykh al-Bani rahmatullah stated, Hassan in Sayyih al jami number 1367. And as and As-Sahihah number 1136. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, The messengers, salam, were commanded not to eat except the tayyib. And not to do except the most pure deeds. So the Quran says, O messengers, Ya minat O messengers, enjoy all good things tayyibat. Rasulullah echoed Sallallahu Wasallam that they were commanded to have only the tayyib and to do the pure. So now, why is this very interesting? Is there any mention of halal? No mm. So that's fascinating Tayyib is another a Higher level <laughs> Tayyib means the purest So for instance um, One of the sheikhs He goes We only Get our Meat From a butcher Who regularly Prays his five prayers In the masjid Because yeah. We only get the meat From there Because we know He always prays So what's that That's Tayyib <laughs> It's not obligatory For you to do that but they're going to another level. They want the Tayyib. So Tayyib is not halal. It's a higher level, which is a praiseworthy level for you to have. The messengers, it was ordained upon them. So when people start making these silly statements, the prophets ate the halal. Where does it say that? Allah, Allah says Tayyib. Meaning that they are very, very concerned about what enters their, their blessed bodies. Then Allah, Allah says, and wa'amalu do righteous deeds so now what's interesting about that Allah is hinting to something Allah is hinting that if you consume the tayyib you will end up doing the pure deeds tayyib leads to purity so what you consume impacts your deeds there's a famous hadith so this hadith is in Sayyih Muslim number 1065. Dilmadi, number three thousand, Hassan Khalib. But this version is in Imam Ahmad's Musnad, number eight thousand three hundred and fifty-six, but it's also authentic. Our uh, beloved messenger he said, O oh people, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is tayyib. He is pure, he only accepts that which is tayyib. And he subhanahu wa ta'ala commands the believers. As he commands the messengers, and he recited this verse, Surah 23, verse 51, and then he recited Surah 2, verse 172, Surah Baqarah, Surah 2, verse 172, where it mentions. Oh, ya eat of the that we have provided for you So look how interesting no mention of halal again <laughs> Allah is encouraging one and all with iman to go for the tayyib <laughs> So the prophet mentioned these two verses then he said sallam, he mentioned a how a man travels a long journey dusty and unkempt, And his food, drink, and clothing are haram. So he's on a religious journey, he's doing the pilgrimage. But his food, drink, and clothing are haram. He has nourished himself with what is haram. He extends his hands towards the heavens saying, Ya Rabb, Ya Rabb. But how can his prayer be answered? The Prophet said. So look how amazing. Allah is mentioning, go for the tayyib. At the very least, it's obligatory the halal. You've got no choice with the halal. But Tayyib is encouraging. Well, then he mentions the opposite. A person is doing probably the pilgrimage. He doesn't mention the pilgrimage. But the scholars seem to highlight that it's referring to a pilgrimage. He goes, He's making a dua. He's taking Allah's attribute, Ya Rabb. But he goes, It can't be answered because of the, the the unlawful. So, question if his deeds are not being accepted because of the unlawful, then what would happen if the tayyib enters his system? You know, this is the whole point. The tayyib is the opposite. Allah is going to find it very easy. You're going to find it very easily acceptable in his sight. This is why there's a report. And this is in half his Miyyrah, in his Kabir, volume 2. Imam Razi mentions the same in Tafsir Al-Kabir 23-104. Abdullah ibn Abbas, he said about this verse. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has commanded the believers to do the same that he has commanded the messengers. He has commanded them to perform righteous deeds after commanding them to have tayyib as a reminder that one does not derive benefit from his deeds until one has rectified one's livelihood and provision So Ibn Abbas or Imam Razi said that this is a clear proof that you will not benefit from your deeds if your income is not pure. Allah, Allah is highlighting this. Mm. Now, the question. If a person is consuming the haram, or does he benefit from his deeds? The answer is no. Is his deed accepted? The scholars, majority of them say, his deed is accepted. But, in terms of the benefit of it, it's nothing or very minimal. With regards to the Hajj, three of the Imams, Imam uh, Abu Hanifa, Imam Malik, and Imam Shafi, <coughs> they said, if a person performs the Hajj on the Unlofa, he's fulfilled the obligation. But, there's nothing in terms of reward or benefit, but the father has been completed. Imam Ahmad said, no, not been accepted. So why have they differ? And it goes back to the Quran and the Sunnah. So again, you're in a very dangerous condition. That's why it's so important to purify your income. And there's a report, so the hadith is in Bayhaqi Tabrani Qanzil Oman number nine thousand two hundred and three, Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, hadith. he relates that the beloved messenger said, "Salallahu alayhi sallam, seeking the lawful is obligatory for every Muslim. It's fard." seeking the lawful is obligatory for every Muslim why? because everything pins upon that mm. there's a report in Behagi in the iman where one of the Salaf called Yusuf Rahmatullah he said that some of the, sh- the shayateen come back to the main shaytan and they're exhausted so the main shaytan says what's the problem? because we've tried to you know take this man away from his worship but he seems invincible so the main shaitan goes, why are you wasting your time with him? So the shayateen say his worship is immense. He goes, he's consuming the haram. Don't waste your time with him. So how's that for a slap in the face? Main shaitan doesn't even bother with you. You knock yourself out. Ah? Go to hajj, go do umri, give sadaqa. do what you want. Shaitan goes, I'm wasting my time. Because don't even waste your time with him. So this is why it's so important. Why? Because if Shaitan's not wasting time with you, what does that mean? There's nothing accepted. Also, there's a report. This is in Abu Na'im al Hiliyah 5-189. Our beloved messenger, he said, sallam, he who consumes only the lawful for 40 days, halal, not tayyib, he who consumes only the halal for 40 days, Allah the Almighty will light up his heart. And the well of the springs of wisdom from his heart unto his tongue. So the opposite is true. If the halal starts permeating your being, there's something there's something in the heart, there's well, there's a well of wisdom in the heart. It starts to overflow. And the Prophet said it. wisdom will start coming from your tongue. So look how interesting. You have got some immense potential which can be unlocked and not 40 is very significant Allah Ta'ala mentions 40 a lot in the Quran and the Sunnah. In another report he adds he will be purified in this life if he consumes the Hala. Uh, and the other point just to wrap up, why does Allah Ta'ala say, Ya ayyuha Rusul, O Messengers? The Prophet ﷺ said in Imam Ahmad's Musnad, authentic hadith, Allah Allah has sent 124,000 Prophets 313 or 315 were Messengers So why is Allah Allah addressing the 313 or 315 Messengers? The response is These are the elite of the elite If anybody could be exempted It would be the elite Allah Allah has not exempted them In fact, He demands more from them He goes, have the tayyib Enjoy the tayyib And if you look at our beloved Messenger He only ate the tayyib What level of piety is this? Why? Because he was receiving revelation. So most of us, our concern is the halal. Is it halal, brother? Is it halal? When does a person say, tayyib? Even if you ask that question, what does that mean? It's halal, brother. (laughs) And then you respond by saying, no, tayyib is another level. Another aspect of tayyib is uh, is purity. In other words, you is homegrown. If you grow your own batch of produce, that's also tayyib. Why? Because you know there's no doubt where the food has come from. Mm-hmm. Because every time you get food from somewhere else, you're relying upon somebody. So the scholars point out this is also tayyib as well. So I'll recite the verse. billahi <laughs> Ayatu وآويناهما إلى ذات قرار ومعين. يا Ya الرسل wamalu الطيبات in صالحا amaluna ali. We pray to Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he makes the Qur'an and I pray to Almighty wa ta'ala if he gives me for any errors which I may have inadvertently ordered. So, one of the behemoths, one of the Lahoma behemothic, that's the language to the son of I'm sorry, wa was